Hey everyone, I'm Rishi Saxena and this is Real Lives, Real People. On this episode, I talked to the kindest person ever, Keshav Kolathor. I'm so excited for you all to listen to this episode as we really dive deep, and I think overall the theme of this one is bringing awareness to topics that people generally avoid or are considered taboo. So we talk about astrology a little bit, how being gay is in this day and age, um, the effects of mental health, and our experience on an acapella team together, which is actually how we met. So I hope you guys enjoy. Hey, Keisha. Welcome to Realize Real People. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so glad you're on this podcast. I'm so excited. I'm so glad you're here. (laughs) I've never done a podcast before, so this is a first for me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, How has quarantining been for you? Honestly, it's been interesting. I feel like I've lost a lot of motivation to like be productive, but at the same time, I think it's just been nice to sort of be home for a while and like decompress because school is like stressful enough as it is. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, coming back from school for spring break, I was like, great, I have a week. And then we had an extra two weeks and now we have (laughs) an extra two months. Um, I know I, I miss you know, school and my friends, but it's been okay. Yeah. I was reading about this thing and it was like this funny little article about how, how, um, Zodiac signs deal with, are dealing with this, (laughs) this quarantine. Um, and I'm a Virgo and for mine, it was like, try to be very productive and make the use of all your time, which is definitely true. Yeah. Do you know what like your thing is known for? I have no idea. To be fair, I don't really agree with what my zodiac sign says about me in any way. Oh, really? <laughs> like, I never okay. really have related to it, but I don't know what it would say for Aquarius. Well, so I, I was asking because you told me to get CoStar. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love CoStar. I, I honestly don't really understand the quotes that they send out and stuff. Does anybody? Like, <laughs> I know that you have seen some of the things that they've sent me. And maybe 1% of them make sense at any given point in time. But I just feel like, I don't know, like besides the whole like your day at a glance thing, which never makes sense. Sometimes like I'll go on the app and it'll give me like descriptions about not just like that I'm an Aquarius, but also like my moon sign and my rising and all this stuff. And I found that to actually be pretty accurate. So it's cool because I there's like so many different aspects of astrology it's not just like oh what you know what month were you born in or what mm-hmm. day were you born but it's a lot more than just that so that's why I like the app because I feel like it, it gives you an open window into like this whole world that I just didn't know existed yeah I definitely find a lot of those like sign like sun sign moon sign things to be true about me yeah which is very interesting but I I definitely don't I don't usually agree with like the daily horoscopes and stuff. They're just so, I feel like they could honestly apply to anybody, but it is funny when they do apply to me and (laughs) it's just like funny to me, but I don't really believe in it. Yeah. I feel you. I feel like I, I like read them sometimes and it's like scary how accurate it is to my life at that current moment. And then sometimes I look at it and I'm just like, you really could have said this to anybody yeah. And like, I'm, it's like vaguely relatable things to like the whole population. Mm-hmm. Or some things are just like, oh, this will happen today. And I'm, I get really excited. <laughs> I hate when <laughs> that just doesn't happen. 
I really hate when that happens because I look forward to it and then it doesn't actually happen and I'm like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. But what are Aquarius is known for? From what I've gathered from looking at all these like horoscope zodiac Instagram accounts is that Aquarius people are just like very independent, very emotionless, um, very like, I mean, that's, I guess, sort of the like two biggest qualities <laughs> that I've noticed <laughs> at least. Um, people who like get passive aggressive, um, I guess that's a bad quality of it, but I don't know. Like <laughs> I've never really seen an Aquarius post that relates to me because one, I am like extremely emotional, which you know, uh, <laughs> and two, I mean, I do, I guess, see myself as independent, but I definitely am dependent on people a lot too. I don't know. Yeah, I would say you're independent, but I don't really agree with like the emotionless or passive aggressiveness thing. I would like to think I'm not passive aggressive, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe sometimes. <laughs> I think everybody can be a little passive aggressive, though. It just yeah, depends. that's true. Yeah. I feel like it's not something that you can just say like is a personality <laughs> trait, but in certain situations, maybe. Yeah. Well, for the listeners who don't know Keshav, um, Keshav and I met when we joined this acapella team, which we'll talk about more later. Yeah. But we met at this acapella team called UGA when we were called UGA called the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was golden. Okay. Oh, man. But yeah, um, for those of you who don't know, me and Keisha uh, met each other through auditioning for this acapella team called UGA Caligar together. Yeah. Uh, like three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Keshav has been like the nicest person I've known Stop. at UGA. That's so sweet. And Aww. I'm not just saying that, but Keshav is actually like the nicest person ever. And I think anyone who knows him would uh, say the same. That's so, so like, kind. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, of course. But what kind of, have you always been that way? Um, I think, I, I feel like, for me, I am just so like, I am so like scared, I guess, of like people being mad at me or like getting on people's bad sides because I just get like very sensitive about that stuff that like I'm always just trying to, you know, be positive with people and like be as nice as I can to people because I think that everyone deserves, you know, somebody at least in their life who is kind. And I feel like I if I can control it, which everybody can, then it's worth it for me to try to be as nice as I can to people that I meet and like people around me. Um, and like, I never, and I also just hate conflict in general. Like that's just something that I've never gotten along with. That didn't make sense. Yeah. No, I get that. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm always trying to avoid conflict. I'm always trying to like, make sure that like people know that like I'm there for them especially like my really good friends. And so, I don't know. I It feels weird for me to be mean, I suppose. But do you think it's kind of like harmful in a way that you're always, that you try to avoid conflict a lot, that you can't even get definitely. your point across? Oh, definitely. I'd say that's like a, a flaw of mine is like I'm, I'm awful with conflict and I'm awful with confrontation in general. And so like anytime that like 
one of my friends has gotten upset with me and like confronted me about something, I'm just very like avoidant of it to the point where like I will always take the blame or like apologize mm-hmm. first. And I'm I know that like people say that's not the best thing to do if you know that something wasn't your fault, but like I've been okay with it because I mean, for me, if I apologize first or if I like try to get the conflict over with as fast as possible, like it resolves and like that's all that I want. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I feel like I, there wasn't like a point where I was started thinking like I want to be nice to people or like I want to avoid <laughs> yeah. conflict with people. I don't know. But I try. Yeah. But I don't know also because I rem- I can remember like situations in middle school where like I mean middle school was just a dark time for all of us. I think we can say that. That was just not a great time for anybody because we were all, you know, going through a lot in middle school. But I can remember situations when I was like when I said like some rude comment to somebody because I thought it like made me cool or like I thought like people would laugh if I was mean. Um and like there would always be a situation where I'd say something rude and then I'd like go home and think about it for like 3 hours because I was just like why did you say that? So I think I've always known that I don't like conflict and like, I don't like being mean or rude to people, but like, there was just a time where I thought like, oh, if I do this, then like people might like me. And then I grew out of it, of course, Mm -hmm. because that's not true. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I do think it's important to always be kind to people, but like when it comes to like, so (laughs) Recently, I've uh, I've been experimenting with Tinder, which I'm sure everybody knows what that is. But I feel like there's just this like stigma on that app to like like jump into like you know like sexual stuff, which is just like not necessarily like what I'm looking for, I guess, when I start talking to somebody. But like there will be there will be like guys that I match with and like, I'll like want to have a genuine, like nice conversation. (laughs) And it happens all the time where I'm just like trying to be nice because like, I don't know how else to start a conversation besides just like, I guess asking like genuine questions and like they will just lose interest so quickly. And like, I don't (laughs) know, I've seen it happen over and over again where I'm just like, well, I guess that's not what I'm supposed to do, but I don't think that's going to stop me from like continuing to try to put yourself out there. Right. Just because yeah. I want to be nice in general. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's just another like aspect of, of like life where I guess being nice is not what people want. It'll work out eventually. I think online dating in general is so, so tricky. And yeah, I feel like people also don't want to say like what they're actually looking for. Yeah. Um, when you talk to somebody. So it's just kind of like, a game trying to figure out what the other person's actually thinking. Or Some something. people are blunt. Some people just really, <laughs> they just like say it straight up. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> great for you. <laughs> so how is it being in the gay community community and what are some privileges that come with it? Yeah, that's a, an interesting question because there's a lot I think that can go into it, but um, I I, like, didn't necessarily even, like, put myself into, like, the gay community or, like, see myself as part of that community until, like, pretty late in my life in general. Because mm-hmm. um, I was, like, in, like, late high school before I, like, finally, like, accepted. Like, I had known, but, like, I, I was, like, pretty much 
almost ready to graduate high school when I like finally just like sat down and I was like, Keshav, you're gay. Um, <laughs> so I probably didn't have like a proper introduction into like being a part of that community um, until I got to college. And even then it wasn't like, welcome you know like it's just sort of like <laughs> by the time you're in college like people pretty much like know themselves relatively well enough to like have mm-hmm. already known that they were part of it but when I got to UGA there is a, there is like a, a pretty like large gay population or like LGBT population in general which mm-hmm. I'm grateful for because I have never like faced any sort of like discrimination um yeah. or like rude comments or anything like being a college student like UJ is an Athens in general is a pretty like accepting community um but and I have made like a, a lot of friends within the community too which has been really nice just to like have people that to relate to um so on one hand it's like a really great like community to have in the school that we go to because of the circumstances um and you know it's nice to know that like there's no sort of judgment towards it um and everybody in the community that I've met has been like very nice and like open and accepting but I think in every sort of community like in every sort of community within a larger community as a whole there's like privilege and prejudice um within it and like I've like noticed this being in college but like there's a lot of privilege and and prejudice that comes with like even like your race within the lgbt community um Mm -hmm. because i think that like there's i mean stereotypically there are like cultures that don't really accept like the lgbt community um and like they don't really talk about it and so like people within those cultures already just have a disadvantage, I think, because they haven't been exposed to it. And they feel like, you know, they're weird and something's wrong with them because like, that's what they've been told, like growing up. Mm-hmm. And it's the same for me. Like, I mean, you know, like Indian culture doesn't really talk about it. Um, yeah, for sure. And like a lot of Indian parents like don't accept it. Um, don't even acknowledge that it's a thing. Right. Like don't acknowledge that it's a thing. Like they don't understand like how somebody could possibly be gay. And so like, that's like the, the attitude towards it that I even grew up with. And then on the other hand, you have people who get to college and they're, you know, they've been out to their families for like years Mm -hmm. and like, they're super comfortable. And like, I feel like it's, no, it's like, it's nobody's fault that that happens, but I feel like that does add like, a sort of privilege to like people who are able to like be comfortable with themselves and like know who they are like that early and they get to college and like they're just they're very confident in themselves and I really love that for them but I just didn't have that privilege myself because I you know grew up thinking that it was weird that's why I always tried to convince myself that I wasn't even though I knew that I was um Mm -hmm. and so like even now I wouldn't even say that I'm 100% confident in my sexuality because there's still a lot of things that I'm working through um and I know there's other people in the community who go through the same thing um but 
Yeah, that's like a, a big divide that I've seen myself. It's just like there's definitely people who are farther along their journey than others. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not at all like angry at them for that. I think that's wonderful that they're able to like be who they are. And I love that for them. But it's just not something that I've had. You haven't had that privilege yet. Right. That's really interesting because, yeah, I think a lot of people like take take for granted that sort of privilege Mm-hmm. just of having your family being okay with who you are too. yeah it's definitely weird you know seeing my friends who have been out to their parents for however many years and like mm-hmm. like I've met some of their parents and like they're just so chill about it yeah and like that I guess that shouldn't be weird to me but it is just because like I see them as parents and like when I think of parents and like the LGBT community I think of my parents yeah. And my parents don't at all have the same sort of views. So it's just, yeah, it's so, it's something really big that I've noticed since I've gotten to college. Mm-hmm. Have you, so I'm, I mean, I'm sure you've thought about it, but do you think you would tell your parents anytime soon? I definitely am going to at some yeah. point. At what point? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I, I do think about it quite often, though, because... I don't know, like, I, and this, this conversation comes up a lot with like my other friends in the community too. Yeah. Cause like I was saying, a lot of them have been able to tell their parents like earlier. And so like some people, when I tell them that like, as a 21 year old, I haven't come out to my parents yet. They're always like, what? Like, how, how have you not told them? Like, that's so late, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, you don't understand the implication, you know? Like, yeah, no, I totally I also get that coming from like an Indian family. Right. Like I would hold off as much as I could. As right. long as I could. <laughs> and I think that's that's like what my mindset is, is like as long as I can keep, you know, hiding is the wrong word, but as long as I can like mm-hmm. prevent myself from like telling them because I just know the reaction or like a general idea of what the reaction will be. And like yeah. I I really love my parents with my whole heart. Like they are, you know, (laughs) two of the closest people in the world to me. And so it's just scary to think that like this one thing that I say could like ruin that. So it's something that like prevents me from telling them at least right now. No, yeah, I get that. So I guess going back to like high school, Mm -hmm. you talk about, you talked about how that's when you finally were like, yes, I'm gay. Yeah. Right. So like, how was it kind of coming to terms with that? Um, for yourself first before even having before even coming out to your friends yeah um it was definitely hard uh, to even like say it to myself I remember Mm -hmm. when I was in middle school again the you know darkest time of my life but I remember (laughs) in middle school yeah (laughs) I like I like really tried to convince myself that it wasn't me having like attraction towards men it was just like a temporary thing like you know how like there are guys who like will like point out that like a male celebrity is attractive that you know that doesn't mean that they're gay necessarily Mm -hmm. I like tried to convince myself that that was me like I'd see like one of my friends that I thought was cute and I'd just be like I'd be like I'm just a you know normal guy a straight man who just happens to find his other male friends attractive there's nothing weird (laughs) about it um But, like, the more that I went through the years and, like, the more that I 
realized that like it wasn't a temporary thing and like no this was these were actual like feelings that i had towards other guys um the more i had to like sit down and realize like no this is not temporary like this is just who you are and it definitely mm-hmm. took a while for me to be okay with it because a as i was saying earlier of the like environment that i grew up in um but also just because like at school i didn't really know a lot of people who were in the community um and so it just felt weird that like once i like realized that i was it just felt like i was kind of out of place with everybody else because i didn't mm-hmm. know a lot of people who were in it um but i really started to get more comfortable with it the more that it came up like in conversation with some of my friends like i had i had like a few instances in like early high school where i told like one of my friends um like privately and yeah. i never had a bad reaction which mm-hmm. i think really um contributed to me being comfortable with it in the long run and i'm really lucky for that because i just i i thank myself I'm myself i thank god every day that mm-hmm. i grew up at least in a you know city and a high school and a community where the young population was okay with it um yeah and also it's 2020 you know right and like at least a lot of people our age are a lot more accepting right definitely something that I had to learn because I was always afraid that people would you know judge me for it but the more like one-on-one heart-to-heart conversations that I had with my friends who were like the closest to me at those times and the more like positive reactions that I got the more comfortable it made me feel as a whole and I'm just I'm so grateful for the friends I had in high school who helped me push through that because God knows that even if one person had like reacted negatively, I probably would have never told anybody Yeah, just because of how like, how like deep down I was trying to push it at first. But the more people like said nice things and like accepted me, the more that I realized that it was okay for me to be who I am and like let people know. Yeah. How have like people's perceptions affected affected you? Like maybe like once they knew that you were gay, like have people changed their behavior towards you at all? Um, ooh, that's a good question. S- a very f- small amount of people did change their behavior. Um, like I was saying, like I I in high school I never had a a bad experience, but. Um, once again, middle school, horrible. Um, there was this, there was this, um, boy that I had a crush on and I had had a crush on for a while. And Mm -hmm. one of my other friends who I like had been talking to about it, she was like, I think you just need to tell him because like, this is killing you. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, we were 13 year olds. Like, I don't know why I expected it to go like very smoothly, but I did tell him that I had a crush on him, um, effectively outing myself to him at that point. And I think it was just a lot (laughs) for him because it was like, it was like two like big things at once that I was telling him. And he like very obviously felt uncomfortable around me for the rest of that school year. And I don't blame him at all because I mean, it was definitely a lot to throw at him. And like, yeah, I, I 
I did want to get it off my chest, but I should have been more careful about, you know, timing, I guess. Um, or like even saying it at all, because I knew that he was straight. I knew that he was not in any way, um, like in the LGBT community, but that was like, that was like the first big, like, um, personality change that anybody had towards me because I could like very clearly tell that he was uncomfortable after that. Um, mm-hmm. And that's like sort of the point where I like pushed myself back in the closet. Cause I was like, well, if that happened, then who knows how other people are going to react. Um, yeah. But the only other time I can think of somebody like actively like not or actively like changing how they interacted with me was um when I did come out like to the whole population of my friends <laughs> or like of my school or, you know, people who knew me, mm-hmm. um, somebody unfollowed me on Instagram, which I thought was a really petty thing to do. <laughs> was I mean, that, did you like come out on Instagram? Is that what you yeah, mean by Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. So I, I did um, post a picture because I think that me coming out to like individual people was really nice, but I didn't want to do that with everybody because I didn't necessarily feel that close with everybody that I could say it. And I just, at that point, I just wanted people to know because it was like bursting out of me. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I made an Instagram post basically um, where I came out. And like I was (laughs) saying before, every reaction I got was really positive and it was wonderful. But there was one one person who unfollowed me, which I just laugh at now because I think of how petty that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I don't even care about. So I'd say there yeah. was only really one time that somebody like changed their behavior around me where it like really affected me. Mm. When you talked about coming out or when you talked about like coming out to your straight friend and like telling him that you liked him. And you said you knew that he was straight before you told him that, and you were also 13. Do you think maybe that was like kind of a way for you to, um, a way for you to like accept to yourself that you are gay and like kind of put that out there more? Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I think it was a step in my journey. You know, sometimes I regret it, but at, at other times I think of it like a growing process for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a growing step for me where I like I really like that was the first time that I had like told people um and so I think it was definitely like part of my journey um to feel more comfortable with it because I was starting to tell people and so I think in the moment and like in the like year that followed it sucked because you know I lost a really good friend um and you know somebody that I had a crush on <laughs> at the same time which wasn't fantastic but at the same time, I think that was the first time that I like admitted to myself that like I had feelings for other guys mm-hmm. um, and yeah. they were like strong. So I definitely would say that it was a, a, a step in that direction for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think in life, like not every moment is going to be the perfect moment, but I will say like so many things have happened in my life personally that I if I were to look at that moment by itself, it wouldn't be like by mes- my best moment. Yeah. But looking back, like years later down the line, it's it's like part of my journey and like yeah. things like that, like lead up to better things. Yeah. And I, I 
agree with that completely because I'm a big proponent of the saying that everything happens for a reason. Um, And I really think that's true because everything, everything in my life has led up to this point, you know, like every decision that I've made, like has led up to this moment right now where I'm sitting. Um, And I think that's beautiful because I think that you end up where you're supposed to. And so even if there are moments that are less than ideal, it's okay because it's all, you know, a step in the bigger plan for your life. Yeah. What are like some, so I think a lot of people have like stereotypes about um, the LGBTQ community. um, And what are some that you would like to kind of debunk? Oh my gosh. That's, (laughs) I'm really glad that you asked that. Um, Definitely. I think the biggest stereotype that I can think of is that like gay men are like very like effeminate and like they have to be like like gay men can't be manly you know like that just doesn't make sense (laughs) or like that lesbian women are always like butch like they they can never be girly like that doesn't make sense you know I feel like that's just such a big stereotype because yeah there are effeminate gay men and there are butch lesbian women but that's Mm -hmm. definitely not the whole population of the LGBT community. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I wouldn't say I'm like the manliest guy alive, but I also <laughs> wouldn't say that I'm like the most feminine guy out there. Um, yeah. To the point, and I think a lot of that also had to do with like my upbringing because I was just, like I was saying, I was just raised in a very restrictive household where like gender norms were like enforced. And so mm-hmm. I like, toys that I played with when I was growing up or like TV shows that I watched were all influenced by like my family and like what they thought I should be playing with or what I should be watching or like clothes I should be wearing. Um, Which, you know, all of it is stupid and doesn't make sense, but that's, I don't blame my parents for like pushing (laughs) those stereotypes on me. Um, But yeah, I've known a lot of situations where like there's a guy who is gay, who is also like very masculine and yeah. I see so many, like, like sometimes on social media, I'll see so many comments of people who are like, wow, I, you know, I can't believe you're gay. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, you don't look gay. <laughs> and I'm like, what does that mean? How can somebody look gay? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so. You don't have to, like, wear it out loud. And be like, exactly. You don't have to, like, put it, like, it doesn't have to be on your forehead, you know. <laughs> I distinctly remember this YouTuber who came out and her, her name is Ingrid. Um, oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And she came out as, as lesbian. And I was reading the comments and they were just like, what? I never would have thought. You don't look gay. You're so girly. And I was sitting yeah. there and I was like, what does that mean? Like some, oh, it just really pissed me off. Some of those <laughs> comments. Cause I was like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. I think people like her, like um, people who are well-known coming out, I think does provide a lot of, um, awareness or like kind of opens people's minds a bit more like it helps definitely for sure and also like these gay stereotypes I mean there's like two sides to like social media and all that Mm because I I do think that a lot of media does kind of encourage those stereotypes yes um like a lot of movies or shows like there's always like that gay best friend who's oh my gosh yes so I think we uh, we definitely have like a long way to go in terms of that. But. I mean, representation in general in media, that is a whole other, 
Yeah. Because there is a long way to go. I think, I think there are a lot of like media um, companies, I suppose that have like the best intentions and like are putting the, the, you know, their best foot forward, but there's only so much they can do. They feel like there's only so much they can do because some of their audiences are like homophobic. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, they don't want to risk like losing a population of viewers over that. And like, while I can understand that, I think that, I think that the the case, right. The only way that we're ever going to get past like those people is continuing to put this, continuing to put like that representation in your TV shows or in your books or like movies, Mm -hmm. because if it's never like normalized, people are like continuously going to make these comments about it. So I think the best thing to do is just to keep doing it more and more. Yeah. I will say when I was like younger, like I don't really think I knew too much about gay people until I was in middle school Mm -hmm. and like um, students in my orchestra class were like, yeah, I think our teacher is gay. I was like, oh. And then, (laughs) cause like, I just, I had never really, nobody really talked about it first off. I honestly didn't see it much on, on TV and things like that. Yeah. At least then I just wasn't watching those shows. Yeah. Um, my parents obviously never talked about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it was definitely also just like a taboo kind of topic too. Definitely. So yeah, like it takes, like for me in my instance, like it took me until middle school to kind of really think about it. Like, yeah, at least from what I remember, like I may have been exposed to it earlier, but I think that's the first time that I actually remember thinking about it. I feel like that's true for a lot of people our age, because definitely when we were growing up, you know, watching TV shows like on Disney Channel or Nickelodeon. Yeah. Um, I, right. I'm sure that I'm missing something, but right now I can't think of a TV show that had a gay character on it. Um, yeah, especially think, those younger like cartoons and stuff definitely right. didn't have a gay character. Like there was like romance, but it was always like straight romance, you know, um, yeah. like very like heteronormative. Um, I think because they like those companies knew that like some parents would have, you know, an outrage mm-hmm. if their kids were being shown like these gay relationships. Like you can't do that, you know, pushing yeah. the gay agenda, you know, all that stuff. Um, but I don't know. I think as a child, that's the most important time to be exposed to it. Yeah, for sure. Because it becomes normal to you, you know, as a child, mm-hmm. if you're exposed to it, a lot of those kids, what they grow up with is what they're used to. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. Like children, like we're born with basically a blank slate and right. whatever you feed to us as a children, like that's going to be, those are going to be our first um, like kinds of perceptions and judgments. Yeah, like I, things that I heard from my mom and my dad as a kid. Um, maybe some like some things now I, I think about and like, yeah, I don't believe that anymore. <sighs> but those were like my initial my initial thoughts, not yeah. necessarily about being gay, but like in general, like other things. Yeah. Um, and then as you grow older with experience and like talking to other people, obviously, like your mind changes. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, like those kinds of TV shows, like sh- those are always showing like what's normal, and you think that those kind of things are normal. So if you don't see anyone who's gay, like I feel like people who are 
of that community as kids probably just are like, oh, well, I don't see anyone like me. Like, I guess I must be exactly different. And that's, I think, the most harmful thing, too, is kids that, you know, have these feelings growing up and like are mm-hmm. questioning and then don't see it anywhere. Yeah. And it's um, also like you don't even know what to call it as a kid because right. nobody talks about it. Right. <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> I feel like that's what it's like a, a big thing, too, about like why I kept trying to like. Like deny it because I was like, I don't see this anywhere else. And like yeah. nobody was talking about it, at least when I was growing up. And like, yeah, going off of that too, I think I, I was talking about like, you know, privilege, I guess, mm. in the gay community earlier. And I think um, there's a lot of um, issues with. I mean, I I'm happy that media is representing the community a lot more, but I think there's definitely like still a lack of certain things in that representation because. Yeah. You know, one thing for me was that I, growing up, I, or like, even when I was in high school, like, I never saw a gay Indian character mm-hmm. represented. And like, I realized that's very specific, but. That's I like know, what you would have related to. Right. I know it would have been helpful for me in my like process to have seen somebody like me, you know, yeah. exactly like me represented. And that is definitely like a lot to ask for, given the fact that like we are still not even a hundred percent like as a population, we're still not hundred percent okay with gay characters in general. Mm-hmm. But within like representation, there's also like more that comes into it than just like a gay character. Yeah. So how has being gay kind of played into your mental health, especially when you were um dealing with coming out and accepting that for yourself. Yeah. Um, There were a lot of issues (laughs) for sure. Um, I think the biggest thing was when I was like coming to terms with it, it like, it was scary to think of how my life would change um, after the fact. When I was like in the closet, at least, it was very bad, especially, you know, that year that I, you know, told my friend that I liked him. Um, and like his reaction was not great. That mm-hmm. like really affected um, sort of my mental health for that year, because at least that year, because it like made me think that like I was like weird and like out of place and like I did not belong. Um, you know, if somebody that I, had been like really good friends with for like two years could just like completely turn his back on me because Mm -hmm. of that. Like imagine what other people would think. And so it like really messed with like my self-esteem because I was sitting there and I was thinking like, everybody's going to hate you, you know, like you can never say anything because like people aren't going to accept you for that. And like, you're going to be shunned. Um, And I think that's a very unhealthy attitude and it is definitely an unhealthy attitude. But I think for me, it like was bad because it carried on into like high school. Um, And it took like a really long time for me to even like tell my first friend after that, because like, I just kept telling myself like, Oh, you are going to be like shunned. Like you're not going to be accepted by anybody. Um, And so it was a huge step for me to try and like tell my first friend that the first friend that I came out to after that, 
that I was gay. Um, but once I like started realizing that the people in my life that I was like close with didn't care and like they, they did take it like better. Um, I'd say my mental health started to improve um, more so like later on in high school. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think I was able to finally just like come out senior year because like I was at a point where I was comfortable enough to be like, I want people to know. But yeah, the first like few years where I like had to come to terms with who I was were pretty hard, I'd say. Yeah. I think that's also important to address is that like people who are dealing with coming out, I feel like that really does affect their mental health too. Yeah. Like knowing that you want to say something, but you just can't say it out loud. I think. Yeah. Sucks. (laughs) It messes with a lot of people I'd say. And Another, you know, thing about mental health is that a lot of people feel like they can't talk about it. Oh, yeah. Like, especially, I mean, this is another, like, stigma, but especially, like, guys, like, men aren't supposed to talk about their mental health. They'd be vulnerable. Um, It's a very, like, toxic masculinity. Right. Yeah. It's a very, like, toxic masculinity mindset that, like, guys can't be emotional. Um, And so if they are having problems with their mental health, like, they're expected to deal with it on their own, Mm -hmm. which is horrible, obviously, and like very unhealthy to do. But I felt like I needed to deal with it on my own, because at least that's what I, you know, thought was normal, Um, which is why I didn't ever like talk to anybody about like, what I was going through. After I started like going down that hill. Um, And I I think that a lot of people can relate to that, too, because Mm -hmm. it's just a very like, stereotypical thing in a lot of communities is that like you know guys have to be strong and like they they can't be vulnerable they can't talk about their feelings yeah do you think like once you did come out to most of your school about being gay like that came with a lot of like that kind of paved the way for a lot of confidence and like self-esteem definitely I I definitely think being able to be comfortable with that aspect of myself and my identity um and realizing that other people were, you know, if anything, they like were more loving towards me in the coming days because I think they just wanted me to know that like they still loved me and like yeah. that they accepted me. And that like really, really helped pave that way towards like raising my self-esteem a little bit because I think I just needed to know that like there were going to be people who would be there for me. Um, and people that I could talk to. And that definitely helped me because there was like a large community of people that were very vocal about the fact that they were there for me. Mm, that's nice. Though. Yeah. Or this is kind of random, but um, was there anyone that like you followed on Instagram or something that reached out to you that you normally didn't talk to? Um. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question because there were a few people who like, I, I like followed on Instagram and like we were acquaintances and like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wouldn't say that we were like best friends, but you know, they like yeah. commented on my Instagram posts, like something really sweet. Like they like came up to me at school uh, the following days and like told me that like, you know, they were like happy for me. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just really, it was, it was like definitely one of the most 
fulfilling moments of my life to to realize that like yeah there these people that I barely know or like people that I met maybe once who still felt like they wanted to come up to me and say like I'm really happy that you did that and like you can be yourself yeah that's really sweet yeah and I also really applaud you and like the courage that it took to like thanks to be able to come out you know yeah there's still so many people who like are much older than you are and probably have not accepted it to themselves yeah I think that I I myself right have to recognize the privilege that I had in being lucky that I I grew up in a community of friends who were that positive about it um Mm -hmm. because I know there's tons and tons of tons of people who have it worse than me yeah who can't say anything to anybody because of the community they're in and yeah like you were saying people who are older than me there's definitely people who you know are married with kids in straight relationships and they're like you know 50s and 60s and like they never felt like they could say anything and I quite often is you know there's people who are like older than me who are you know married with kids who have never been able to accept themselves and they are like older like they are like in their 50s and 60s you know like they they're at that point in their life where like they feel like there's no going back um and that really breaks my heart and so I I think about how lucky I am that I grew up in this time where I am able to be myself you know this early um because there's a bunch of people who can't Mm. well we were talking about mental health earlier um and I think one of the biggest things about one of the biggest issues in mental health is like like making it normal for people to talk about it um because I feel like there, like I was saying before there's a stigma about like hiding it and not telling people that you're hurting which is really detrimental because the more that you hold it in the more that you know it affects you and the worse that it gets um and you know we in Kalakar actually we you know tried to make a competition set a couple of years ago or like last year um addressing that exact thing about how you know we like made a, a set that addressed like suicide awareness um because i think that there's a lot of aspects of mental health that people don't talk about and it can lead to some like really horrible outcomes if they keep bottling it up um and so i i think that we tried our best to like at least in our small way, raise awareness about, you know, something that people should feel more comfortable talking about with others. Yeah. I'm actually so proud of that competition set. And again, for the listeners, this is a set that um, we arranged for our acapella team, UJ Kalakar. Yeah. Um, and I, I totally agree that in terms of mental health, like that's also such a stigma and taboo topic <laughs> yeah that um even if especially like as a younger kid like if you're going through something like that um or like a teenager or something you know like people don't talk about it enough where you just kind of have to hold in yourself and um like I've definitely dealt with like a point in my life where I like felt like I couldn't talk to anybody about it because I knew that my parents just would like brush it over to right. the side and like not even 
think that that's a real thing. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like talking to finally like talking to my closest friends about like how I was feeling and like my mental health also helped me a lot. And like music also played a huge factor too. Yeah. I, um, I agree. Yeah. Honestly, um, music is great therapy. <laughs> it's a good, I, I definitely agree. Music is uh, the best therapy. Um, like you were saying earlier about, you know, there, there is a stigma about not, talking about it with people because I don't know, like, I guess you just don't want to feel like you're burdening people with your emotions. Um, I've like heard a lot of people say that, but I, that's why I'm so grateful for the opportunities that we have as, as part of an acapella group. And like with our creative license, like we're able to arrange whatever we want, you Mm -hmm. know, a set about anything that we want to arrange a set about. Um, And it's just a really, really great platform. I think because like you were saying, music is the best therapy. And like, we're using whatever, you know, talents that as individuals we possess to put a message like that out there in a way that like, people will come see, and like, people will understand and like, people will take that back with them. And I feel really lucky that we are able to be in a group where we're able to send those messages out to like general audiences. Yeah, I think that set like really spoke to a lot of people, especially with our choreo to that set. Yeah. And kind of like visually representing what it means to us. Definitely. I think it helped helped a lot. It helped definitely that we, we all found a reason in some way or another to connect with that set. Um, And it just made it that much more powerful because you could tell that we all were like genuinely singing it with, our full emotion Mm -hmm. and I think that was really beautiful yeah I actually remember listening to it in the car one day um I was like picking up my sister with my dad um back home and I was like here like let's listen to our set like we we finally finished it and I was like playing it for my dad in the car while we were waiting and I remember like have getting a few tears halfway through the set and just trying to like hide it from my dad (laughs) but yeah like it was just like it definitely like hit. <laughs> it did. It really hit. Um, <laughs> I definitely cried every time I sang the ending. Um, our ending song was "You Will Be Found" from the Broadway musical Dear Evan Hansen, which yeah, already as in, as a song, like before we arranged that set, already used to make me cry. And then <laughs> I was lucky enough to have the privilege to sing the solo for it, and so I remember yeah. every time I did, I. I would tear up in the middle because it's it is a song that means a lot to me and I think it's a song that sends a really beautiful message Mm -hmm. so um this arrangement we actually did it like our base song was 1-800 by Logic yes and yeah I think that was like it was definitely so neat how well we combined all these songs together because a lot of acapella groups will do like two songs mash them up Right. And then pause and then do the next two songs. But yeah. we pretty much made our whole set flow together, which was really cool. I like that we did that. I think that's something that we should continue to strive for because it like if we're able to tell a story by like flowing the songs together, I think that helps rather than, you know, singing a mashup and then taking a break and singing another mashup. And some teams do that really, really well. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just feel like this type of arrangement is like our strength um yeah 
and I I think that every team has their own strength, but definitely I like our format and how it works for us. And it speaks so much more when you can talk about something and like send a message with your music. Yeah. And a lot of teams will, will do that. And I think that's, I think it's amazing that, you know, there are teams all over the country Mm. who want to send a specific message for whatever reason and put it into their music. And it's just really, every time I go to competition, I'm constantly blown away by like, how talented like a lot of teams out there are and mm-hmm. yeah. the messages that they send are really powerful. Yeah. It's really great. Like, cause a lot of people go to these competitions for fun to like either hear people sing or dance. Um, at least like in our Indian community, that's right. Like, kind of competitions. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and it's, I think it's really awesome that a lot of teams are taking it upon them to like bring up, like a story about like a famous person that a lot of people don't know or some kind of social justice and like so much more out of um, dancing and singing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it translates over to the audience as well. And, you know, as, as like performers ourselves in South Asian acapella groups, like we can appreciate the effort that it takes to put in, you know, the effort that you put in to make a set like that. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's really great about art is you can, you know, it can be something that's appealing to the ear or appealing to the eye, but you can make it so much more than that. Yeah. You can send whatever message you want to send. Yeah. And I think that's another, you know, special thing about acapella is that it's, it's 100% up to like your discretion, how you want to arrange. Like you don't, you're not bounded by the song that you're covering. Mm-hmm. in any capacity like you can you fully have all the freedom in the world to make it as similar or as different as you want from the original yeah for sure I think um Kalakar, it's definitely going to be like a part of my college experience that I take like think about yeah you know? absolutely um and it's so cool how we both auditioned for the acapella team the same year which is yeah. three years ago and that year, I think it, that was like the fifth year that Kalakar was existing. Yes. In existence. Um, and that was the first year that we decided to attend a competition. Yeah. That first we didn't get into, but I guess we were on the wait list or something. And then yeah. we were next up. Um, and it was and we, an experience. <laughs> <laughs> we had like two weeks to prepare everything. Yeah. Which is not nearly enough time. <laughs> Um, and our set, oh, this is just so cringe to think about, but yeah, no, our set that year was just not good. We tried our best though. We really did. No. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, I'm, like it's, I'm so glad I had that experience as well because it showed like how immensely we had grown over the course of a year. Yeah. Like teams, um, who have been in existence for a lot long, longer than Kolokar and have been competing for years also haven't gotten to our kind of level that we did that second year. Yeah. On our team. I think, I think that we, we succeeded because we knew now what to do in order to create a good competition set. And like, I definitely think that like, whatever, you know, message we were sending was also like powerful enough to impact audiences at those competitions um but yeah no I'm really proud of the progress that we made just in like one year 
it yeah. like showed that like you know we we do know what we're doing <laughs> it just took us some time to like really sort of fine-tune the craft mm-hmm. and, it, and it didn't even take us that long like it was our first competition ever um yeah. and then the next year we knew what we had to do to place and we placed second at both competitions we went to yeah which still I look back and you know get so nostalgic about because those were the happiest moments ever and honestly like that very first competition like definitely feel nostalgic towards that as well because it was so new to us and that was like my first time being immersed in like this Indian community for a whole weekend like that was super cool too and I mean, we knew we weren't going to win, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but we were like still so happy about it and just like creating music and even just having the opportunity to be there was enough for us, at least that year. Right. I definitely um, agree. Yeah. Just being part of that community. And like, like you were saying, the second that we saw the first team perform, we were like, oh, <laughs> this is what we're supposed to be doing. And yeah. so it definitely was sort of a shock. Our step touches didn't cut it. (laughs) No, not quite. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) We got better. (laughs) Yeah. And I also feel like at competition, it's such a great way to, like you were saying, to meet other people in the community. Um, And, you know, I have friends that I made from other teams from like across the country, which is like really valuable um, just for like meeting people and like, you know, making new friends. and it also is just like competition is also just such a great bonding experience for like the team in general. Um, yeah, for sure. And I think that we came back from competition that first year so much closer than we had been beforehand. Oh yeah, for sure. That was like a great bonding experience. Even just yeah. like trying to, even just like the cabin weekend that we did before it to the prep retreat. for the competition. Yeah. <laughs> I think the retreat was the first time that we like all as a team like really bonded together like we all got so close that weekend Mm -hmm. I think before then we were kind of it was kind of just like an extracurricular activity that I would go to like I don't remember did we just do practices once a week yeah we did we did practices (laughs) once a week on Tuesday nights that's it uh yeah (laughs) definitely do more practices now especially during competition week but which is necessary for sure yeah um, but I think after that retreat weekend, it, I, I, like, we actually felt like a team. We did. And I think it, it really helped yeah. us like hunker down and like work, you know, even though with two weeks, we couldn't possibly put together an award-winning competition set, but <laughs> we really did try our best <laughs> at that time. Um, but yeah, I'm also really grateful for, I know this is going to be like something that I talk about for years to come because I'm so grateful for Kalakar, not just for the music that we made, but because I know that like a lot of the people in that group that have been through the same things as me um, with that team are friends that I'm going to keep for, you know, for years. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> lifelong bonds. Yeah, like truly um, lifelong bonds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like we're going to be friends forever. <laughs> truly. I believe that 100%. <laughs> You and me have been through that whole experience together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually jealous that you have another year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I feel lucky that I have another year. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's always exciting. I'm so excited to see what you guys are going to do next year. 
Yeah. And I'm definitely going to try to come to one of the competitions if I can. Yes, please. Oh my gosh. If we saw you in the audience, that would be incredible. (laughs) Yeah, I think UJ Call of Car has definitely like a special place for me in my heart because I started getting into Indian music in high school um, Mm -hmm. and nobody knew I would sing. And I was already like very like kind of, I'm already a pretty like closed off kind of person like I don't open up to people very easily um or if I do it has to be like one-on-one you know Mm. it's hard for me to just like all of a sudden start singing to people yeah (laughs) or and even before singing like even just accepting the fact that I liked Indian music because honestly like growing up I I also felt like that was something that wasn't cool um, like I felt like I had to like only American songs and English feel music, um, yeah. and I felt embarrassed to even admit that I liked Indian music. So yeah. I just didn't listen to it for the longest time. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, okay, well that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I think around high school was definitely also the time when I started getting a lot more confident with myself and being more open to the friends that I had because I knew that they were going to be accepting of whatever I like. Yeah. And when I brought up that I liked any music, like they were totally cool with it. Yeah. I mean, why would they have a problem with it? Why would they not be cool with it? Right. <laughs> um, and yeah. And then coming to college, I mean, I didn't know color car existed my freshman year, but, yeah. <laughs> but so I glad I it. happened to be introduced to it my sophomore year and joined. And I'm glad that you did. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's, really true i think that a lot of people feel like it's not cool to appreciate their culture mm-hmm. <laughs> before like a certain point because their friends aren't at like the maturity level to accept it you know yeah. like they're just like oh what language is that indian huh? which is just so i used to hate when people said that but yeah no i agree i feel like i didn't i didn't start listening to indian music till i got to college because i it wasn't necessarily even because my friends thought it was weird. It's because mm-hmm. I just didn't ever get into it. Like, yeah, I never watched like Indian movies. Like I didn't listen to any of the soundtracks like in high school. Um, and then I like regretted it later in college. Cause I was like, I yeah. missed out on like all of this like time where these like amazing songs and amazing movies had come out. And I just hadn't listened to any of them <laughs> because I just didn't think to like put myself or like, I didn't think to like open myself up to those different cultures of music besides just like English music. Yeah. At least you have me to send you songs. Yeah, definitely. I'm grateful <laughs> for that. And Galakar was a really great point for me to like get introduced yeah. to Indian music, which I really loved. And I, I remember my freshman year when I joined, I told the group, like that was a big reason why I wanted to be a part of the group was because I wanted to be introduced to more Indian music. Cause I felt like I had missed out on a lot of it. And it really did introduce me to like, some of my favorite songs today. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, on that note, I think this podcast is getting quite long now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll cut it there. And thanks so much, Keisha, for being on the podcast with me. Thank you so much for having me. It was amazing. Yeah, I'm so glad that you wanted to be on here. And like, thank you so much for being very like open about everything and yeah, definitely. willing to talk about a lot of different things. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. Yeah. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Bye.
Great. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And thanks again, Keisha, for coming on the podcast. Be sure to keep up with Real Lives Real People on the Instagram at Real Lives Real People. And feel free to message me with any feedback or ideas that you'd want to hear from in the future. Also, we recorded this remotely in case anyone was wondering. So shout out to Zencaster for making this super easy and giving some great audio. This is not sponsored. I wish it was. Um, Anyways, I hope you all are doing well and enjoy the rest of your week. Bye.